I'm Jazz and welcome back to Mix Talk. So, how have you been? How's life? I just want to say, first of all, um, my recording might be really noisy. I'm not too sure because it's pouring down with rain outside and there is lightning and thunder. So, I don't know how this is going to sound, but just a pre warning. It's just, it's part of the sound effects, I guess. Yes. Um, depending on how people feel about this topic. But I'm sure it's fine. Like, I can't hear anything through my headphones, but sometimes I usually don't hear anything through my headphones, and then I hear them, like, when re- recording. So I'll, I'll stay tuned. I'll stay tuned. Okay. Um, <laughs> before I, like, jump into my week, uh, I actually wanted to save this for for the Christmas episode. Um, but now I don't know how how um, smart I have been. Oh wow, I heard that. That has come up <laughs> so loud. Oh my. That was very oh loud. I heard that. Was that a loud? Was that, that was thunder? I literally saw the lightning. It was so yes. big. It took up my whole window. <laughs> I saw your whole facial expression. You're like, fuck this. Um, but anyway, sorry, Christmas. And... I love wine. I feel like we've established this after two years doing this podcast. We've established Oli loves wine. And for two years now, I've been thinking about having a Christmas calendar, like an advent calendar, but just with wine. But obviously not like the 750 milliliters. That's a little bit too much. So I started buying like one bottle or two like mini bottles um, a month just to like pile them up so I can have an advent calendar with like mini bottles and then I was in the office the other day and I was thinking about my life and I was like do you am I am I expected to drink like two glasses of wine every day until Christmas I I don't know how I feel about that because like I don't drink every day I don't mind having a glass here and there but I feel like the obligation of drinking like because it's even though it says it's one glass it's actually two because it's quite like it's fairly big so um and then I was talking to my colleague the other day and then I was like oh my god yeah I bought like 12 mini bottles for my advent calendar um so maybe like every other day that would be good and she's like you know like mini bottles are not the best quality and I was just like my plan my plan is going out the window because I've even like made like this little um uh fact note um at can on canvas where I'm like okay so this is a Carbonet Sauvignon this is how they make it and this is what I have gone full in for my advent calendar and now I'm like do do I want to drink every day for 24 days and then Simon came to me and was like, oh my god, and then you should buy a big bottle for the 24th. Because, like, it's a bag. And I'm like, oh, I actually think it's such a good idea still. I remember you telling me. It? And I just, I love it. Like, you don't have to have okay. a glass every day. That's true. It's just exciting to open them. Okay, I will continue yeah. with my journey. I just needed that one like, voice because I feel like everyone. You know, when you like, get beauty calendars, you don't use that particular <laughs> makeup on that particular day. It's just exciting to open it and be like, "Wow!" Because do you remember? Like, do you remember mm. what wines go where? I don't know. No, so it's a surprise. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of different ones. I've got some reds. I've got some whites. I've got some sparkling rosé and sparkling prosecco but it's fine okay 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 so we've we've gone back to my idea is an amazing idea so my week my week let's get back into it um the last time we were speaking i'm not quite sure but i finally removed my stitches from my um wisdom tooth thingy and it was so amazing because it's like this pressure i can eat again i can like talk again it was it's quite amazing um i also did a grown-up thing so my first grown-up thing is that I actually interviewed people the past week, which is very weird because I was like in the interview like um, office with like me and my boss, um, and then we were just talking about. And I was asking them questions, and I was like, I honestly don't even know what I'm doing here. But tell me about you. Why do you want to be in this radio station? Which is quite fun. Um, I've also gone back to like being with horses as well because my sister's 
um, a really like horse girl. Like I used to be one too, but I just do not have the time to be a full horse girl again. So I went back to being horses. I went like on a long walk with them. And it was quite amazing. And thing is that I'm in Oslo. So we, I, I ended up going into like a neighborhood and there were so many children that just ran to the horse. And I was like, fuck, how am I supposed to like, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I was just trying to <laughs> cut out the sound of my thing. Um, I am Jessie was just looked a little bit. Um, anyways, horses, kids. I planned a party at work, which was really good. But then I worked like overtime, and I don't get like overtime pay. So I get like I get free days. So it's like fine. I will take off next Friday because it's my mom's birthday. It's a good like. It adds up really well. I swear, every time I decide to like bunk up my hours and actually have a free day shit goes on at work like some things have gone down at work and I got like this huge um well I feel like it's huge like a huge responsibility um on Wednesday and it doesn't take just a day it takes like a couple of days because it's I have to like analyze some things and I have to like analyze two three hundred contracts and like and I'm like I'm going, I was about to take a free day on Friday. Because last Friday, I was doing fuck all in the office, chilling, vibing, annoying my co-workers. And now I'm like, I have to work in the car back home because I've already like planned everything out. So I had to like take a home office in the fucking car. And I'm like, this happened last time as well that I took a day off. Everything was fine. And I was like, okay, Friday, I'm taking off. It's going to be good. And then like two days before, again, Wednesday, something was wrong with it, like a VIP invitation list to like this premiere that we we're going to have. So I had to like work in the car on the way home. I like when I work overtime because I know I'm trying to be really good with like the balance of like, okay, I'm not going to get paid for this. So I'm going to take my free time, you know, that's fine just never happens but anyways here we are um so my I, I worked for like 14 hours that day so I was like I'm taking a whole day off and here we are but anyways that's not here or there I saw the nun have you seen the nun are you gonna see the nun I do want to see the nun um Sam and I are like what the film just checking <laughs> I didn't want to be some random nun what nun <laughs> are you gonna watch <laughs> are you just gonna see a random nun um so me and Sam love the like horror films um so I do really want to watch The Nun like I can't remember if I said this in the podcast but we watched in The Last Insidious the other day and it was so shit oh I don't think I've seen that it was so bad don't watch it ruined it like okay it was like teeny and the horror wasn't (gasps) horror like it just they were just trying oh, to wrap things God. up i feel like rather than making it horror i don't even know what they tried to do with that film but i'm i really want to watch the nun so i'm definitely watch the nun the nun 2 is like a hundred times better than nun 1 yeah cuz i rewatched nun 1 cuz i am a big huge fan of the conjuring like um world it's like the same thing it's like I'm a Marvel girly and I'm a conjuring girly. Like that is the, n- oh. but I rewatched the nun. I was like, this is kind of not their best work. Cause like the nun one is very jump scary. There's like no actual story plot to grasp into. It's more of like, you kind of get a character essence and then someone kind of like pulls you back because there's a random shadow in the corner. It's, it's not, it did not do it as good as Haunting of Hill House because the Haunting of Hill House has a lot of shadows lurking. Such a good, any any person who's not watched it and love like scary films, that is the series for you. But The Nun 2 has more of a story plot that you actually get drawn into. Mm. And then the jump yeah. scares happen of course because it's the nun but still it's it, it, it kind of builds it up it's like a climax that we all needed but yeah get excited I love it. so how are you jazzy jazz i am really good <laughs> i am actually so tired like this week has been so long uh, but it's it's kind of like my fault so 
basically on Thursday I had an event um, and it was quite a big event and then like it was drinks after that kind of event and then um, I had a flight to Portugal at seven o'clock in the morning the next day but it was like for holiday. I saw that you were in Portugal. Yeah it was so good so I went with my sister and two friends and we decided to go really early because we could only it's my fault but we could only get Friday to Monday because we wanted to do Friday to Tuesday but then when I asked for the time off my boss was like we got an event that day so I was like okay so she was like, you could take the Friday and Monday off if you want, which I feel like was like a don't take it off, but I took it off anyway. <laughs> you said I can't, so I was I'm, just not like, well, I, I'm not I asking. can't say I can't do that weekend because it took us so long to find a weekend. And I was so sure I could do that weekend. And then when I realised I couldn't, I was like, I cannot tell them I can't do this now. So just went ahead with it. And it was really, really good. Um, we went to Lagos in Portugal. Um, the first night, it's, oh, it's so cheap there. Like, it's three euros for a cab everywhere. Um, drinks, so cheap. And the wine is really good as well. So we went to this, um, we went to this bar before we went out for drink drinks because everybody goes out really late. So we got to like go out at like, 10 half 10 and everybody was still eating dinner so we were <laughs> so we thought oh that was kind of dumb so we just went to like a pub slash bar and the wine was 14 euros for a bottle which is like 12 pound 50 here I think um so it was so cheap and it was really really good rosé like so good so he had like two bottles and then there was this club and it, it was a bit of a weird club, but they did real cocktails, like really, really good cocktails in glass at a club. And these were like nice cocktails. What do you mean? Like we were at a club and they did nice cocktails. I'm already, I'm already planning Afro Nation yeah. in my head and it's not going to be Afro Nation anymore. It's going to be a week of Portugal. It was so good. And, um, Fuck. yeah, and like, it was really, so they were like, oh, it's 10 euros to get in the club. And we're like, oh, okay. And they were like, but we give it back to you in drink vouchers. So you can get like, so you're just paying for your first drink basically, or a drink and a shot. So yeah, like, cause a cocktail was like six or seven euros there. But these were like Stop it. Yeah. So it was so good. Stop it. And then I'm going to um, Portugal for my next trip. Wow. And then Saturday, um, it was raining a bit in the morning, so we didn't really do much. Then we went to the beach and um my one of my friends didn't go out the night before because she felt a bit ill. So Saturday she was like really raring to go. And we ended up staying up till six in the morning. Because after the clubs, we thought it was a brilliant idea to go to the beach and skinny dip in the sea. So we just like ran in the sea. Like we still had like our knickers on, but like topless, just running like, ah, this is so amazing. Um, don't know how I didn't catch a cold because the sea in Portugal is freezing. But yeah, um, so it was kind of crazy. Um, and then the next day we had kayaking, um, which was really hard to do when you're hungover because I had like no sleep. And then even though it was booked for 3 p.m., we was like, oh, shit, we've got to go kayaking in the sea. And I'm not like, I enjoyed it, but it is tiring. It is so hard. I got like an hour and a half into it. And then was like, so how long have we got left? And they were like, oh, like, good half an hour, 45 minutes. So we was like, oh, can we stop? <laughs> like, I don't, we can't do anymore. Um, so they made us kayak to a beach and we had to wait there till everybody finished the kayaking and they came, picked us up. I like, there was another group there, but they came, picked us up because you get towed back or like speed boated back. 
But we just like, was like, no, we're done. We are done. We're staying here. You gotta enjoy yourselves. I've seen the caves. <laughs> yeah. I'm a tag. Yeah. Um, also, like, I'm not saying I'm weak, but it was me and Liv in one kayak. And these little arms can't do much. So there's only so fast <laughs> I could go. And some people really fast, like, especially like couples, because they had like guys on their team I'd say so I felt like I was always at the back trying to catch up and they were waiting for me and I was like I'm not I'm not enjoying being at the back put me in the front um yeah give me one of those um not kayaks but um water scooters I can do um and then um on the last day on the Monday was going home but we had a late flight so I booked a little boat cruise and we went and saw dolphins which was so cute I was so sure we weren't gonna see them because I was on the boat for like an hour um and we hadn't seen anything yet and I was like oh yeah we're definitely not gonna see anything girls like it's too late and then they just appeared out of nowhere and like the dolphins even had little babies and apparently they really like they're curious creatures so they like boats so they were showing off in front of the boat like doing flips and stuff it was honestly amazing like it was unreal it was so good it was a good holiday yeah we have to go and like yeah it was so cheap we went out for our nice dinner um one night and um they were having 30% off their menu so it came to 25 euros per person and we had a starter and main and we shared two bottles of wine yeah i'm telling you it's cheap um i'm just yeah but i did portugal trip but i did um i did kill myself because the flight got delayed so i didn't get until two o'clock in the morning and then i had um (sighs) an event and awards dinner the next day for work so i had to go in and it was like yeah, so if I count the awards dinner as work, I wouldn't really count it as work. But I didn't get home till one o'clock in the morning because I, yeah, because it finished at, I don't know, quarter to 12. So I've just killed myself this week. And then because, like you said, you take days off and you come back and shit has hit the fan. I had so, I have so much work this week. It's unreal. Like, I feel stressed. <laughs> I'm stressed. All right, welcome back. Not as if you guys went anywhere. But in our scary theme, I guess, we're talking about cults today. So I want to ask Jazzy Jazz and obviously everyone out there, what do you think about cults and what did you know about cults before today or like before this recording? So I said this to Ollie when we was talking about it. And I actually really like cults. And I don't mean that I like cults like I want to be in one. I mean, I find them really interesting and fascinating. It's kind of like true crime. So I um, I actually listened to this podcast called... Um, what is it called? I think it's Like a Cult. I think it's called that. Um, and it basically looks at like proper cults but also everyday things and whether it's culty or like not culty so I would say after watching that a cult could be anything (laughs) um a cult is basically in my head like a fandom or a group of people who really like something or believe in something and it becomes a bit obsessive in some ways And I think a cult can be really minimal or really big. Obviously, we hear a lot about the big ones. So, like, the Manson murders or um, the FDLA. um, Or there was, like, the one with the Jonestown massacre where, like, he got all all his, um, like, followers to commit suicide. Um yeah there's like loads um but like with this one it also looks at like how 
maybe like people who like Starbucks could be like a cult as well because like they go on about how they know the special menus and stuff do you know what I mean like it becomes kind of culty and if you don't know Starbucks then you can't be a part of us kind of thing or like soccer mums you know football mums soccer moms that is a cult so that's that's what i think about cults (laughs) what about you thing is that i haven't really gotten into cults until recently and i know that sounds as bad as jazz saying that she likes cults (laughs) i do know how it's getting out there but it's more of like i don't know if it's the autumn in the air or if it's my recent murder um fascination that i've gotten it really does go in like ups and downs so like my right now i'm just into like scary things that it's like fuck what if that happens to me i don't want that to happen to me so like i was um actually watching snapchat and then this this random cult that came like what where are this cult children now and i was like i don't even know a cult i do not know any of the cults like you were talking about like i kind of they do sound familiar, but I do not know anything about them. And I was like, is KKK a cult? I feel like it is, but I feel like if it is, that is the basically only like one on top of my head that I could actually like say it is. So um, I'm excited to actually, I'm excited for this journey to get to know what cults are and like no different cults. Um, and I, I feel like a cult in my head, but you've opened my mind because soccer moms, that is a cult but um like it's i don't know i feel like it's usually religious it's like it starts like a small group um or like a belief of something that is really 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 strong by one person and it's usually like seen down by other people if that makes sense because they go to the extreme it's not like you're gonna have a little wine you're gonna have a carton of wine um and it is actually very sorry someone is calling me why are they calling me can you hear me someone is trying to call me there we go um but yeah uh a religious is i'm not religious but a cult is just very very extreme in my eyes it's they take something and run with it too far. And also, in the, the the cults that I've been reading about lately, it's very like, okay, so let, I'm doing a Christian one. I'm doing a, um, a cult called Children of God. And this man was very Christian. And then he took a verse out of a Bible and just ran with it. And then he ran with it so far away from, like, the actual... Um, when you run a marathon, you run to a goal. Yeah, he ran past that goal to the woods and then took a space space rocket ship and went to another planet he uh, he just kept on but yeah um that is what is it called that is my my little rant about cults so i'm gonna i'm gonna dive in to children of god um this is a cult that has been here for a hot minute and it has had many different names so maybe like you know them from like their previous names or like their current name but you're gonna know the current name soon. Um, so let's get, dive in. So the Children of God was founded in 1968 by a small group of runaway teens and hippies. I also feel like a lot of cults are teens and hippies and like people who feel like the world's against them. Um, but here we are. But um, the leader is David Brandberg, who is a who was a charismatic evangelical that is also a hard word for me preacher devoted themselves to the worship of jesus christ and promiscuous sex um the cult's early beginning are rooted in the counterculture movement of the late 1960s (coughs) do you know what the word um promiscuous no how does that song go yeah, promiscuous. Do you know what promiscuous means? Because like, I was not... Like, a nice way of saying slutty? <laughs> or like, you get around? Yeah. 
Yeah, basically, because um, I did not know this until like the other day where I was kind of like, oh my God, why are they using that word? That is a song word. But yeah, it's having sex, um, it's having or involving many sexual partners um and con counterculture if you guys not know um like i do not know it is like um a culture whose values and norms of behavior are different substantially from those of the mainstream so basically just like hippies um so later on berg changed his name to moses david um and married his second wife not like he had a first wife, then they separated and then got a second wife. He married a second wife, still being married to the first wife. Um, and that started polygamy and sanctioned by the Old Testament. So he told his followers that God had appointed him as the end time prophet. And then he would be playing a significant role in the second Christ, second coming of Christ. Um, and would soon be returning to Earth. Berg was also mainstreamed that he had been in touch with a spiritual guide oh, God. named Abraham. Abraham. Like okay. he, Abraham, not Abraham, but Abraham, um, who was rel- uh, uh, relaying divine messages to him. Like he took it and went with it. Um, so after claiming that God himself had gifted him with prophecies um he soon began making extreme demands of his followers like insane um new members of cog or children of god were out to were asked to donate everything they owned like when like it started like kind of flirty i guess or like a little bit of this is a good thing and then he just was like okay so you are not allowed to be in this cult you need to like get rid of everything you need to say like cut contact with your family um they're also encouraged to give up any sort of employment and become full-time evangelists of christ um crg formed communes across the country and within a few years there were over 120 communities like it exploded um so in the mid 70s berg began to encourage the family members of cog to practice a thing called flirty fishing and here mm-hmm. here comes jesus christ okay so here comes what i was talking about like when it comes to cults like he took something from the bible and then he just kept on going so he based his flirty fishing like thesis um upon jesus injunction in matthew four nineteen, and it says follow me and i will make you fishes of men oh no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um berg instructed his female followers to go back to birds and pick up men and seduce them to con uh, to converting and joining cog in a 1979 annual report um stated that his cog evangelists had witnessed over a quarter of million souls loved over 25,000 of thousand of them and won about 19,000 to the lord in 78 bergs changed the group's family name to the family of love and what is it when shortened it later on to what it is known now the family um, sexual contact and potential converse, converts became a routine practice with the group's membership and in some cases family evang- evangelists even used escort services to identify potential targets of, for recruitment. Um, the practice called sexual sharing um, and opened up sexual relationships between existing members. So he basically turned something that was supposed to be like God-fearing, I guess, into a place where women had to go out and um, pick up men and try and like seduce them to become a part of this cult, as well as just making a big gold orgy. Just a big old... (laughs) orgy group because everyone was having sex with like everyone and it got so bad that children 
were a part of this and I okay so I'm gonna go into someone called Dawn Watson who was a one of many like the cold survivors I don't know why I did the bunny quotes she is a cold survivor um and she went into like this interview I think with people.com and um she has revealed how kids were encouraged to spend alone time with uncles and beaten up in a spanking room in Notrosian's Children of God sect. Um, she was 19, 29 at the time of the interview, but she managed to escape the cult when she was 13, 13 years old. And she's been there since she was like a child. And by the time that she was 13, she'd already like uh, gone through so much of like sexual intercourses. And she's not even the age of like sexual Oh, what is it called like sexual of age uh, i guess i don't know six maturity i don't know of age yeah i don't know yeah of age she was like not even on of age by the time like she decided to run out and she went into this um interview saying like as you learned to brush your teeth as children we learned to have sex uh, I feel like that just paints such a strong... Because you start brushing your teeth at a young age. Like, at a young age. Um, and this is what you have to do. Um, this is how it happens. We learned God is love. And the way to express God's love is through sexuality. I never knew anything different from that. I think that no one will truly understand, unless you have lived it, what abuse is. All of and abuse, I say in all forms, abused sexually, abused emotionally, abused spiritually. Um, and as a child, she was being exposed to images of naked women nailed on crucifies and hookers of, uh, for Jesus, captioned posters. Um, it's been reported the cult brainwashed its members into believing that being a part of sex acts even if they were young at a young age and didn't um, understand what they were doing was a part of God's expression of love. I think I've heard of this cult. Um, it's just yeah. crazy. And I'm pretty sure, is this the one where they had like their own books and it was all like sex books? I don't know. Maybe it was a different one because there's a couple maybe. of religious cults. There's a like lot of this. sex cults. But like it was. But ugh. they had no school. Like they had, I think, school until a certain age where you learned like basic, basic things like to read, to sing, to whatever. And then they had their own schools and own songs. And I remember like reading a part where the time she understood that something was wrong with what she was doing or like wrong being a part of the culture is when she went outside and listened to her first song like first song that was not written in the cult which was a song by Eminem and she was like something is off because like they're hiding us from all of this like things that are happening outside and then she just ended up going and the mothers didn't know this was happening well that's what she said maybe like some mothers knew and just turned a blind eye just because it's what it is but like the mothers are always like oh we're gonna take um people are like oh i'm gonna take care of your child it's fine we're gonna play we're gonna learn and like sent mothers off to like choir do laundry just go out and like do chores and i'll just take care of your child it's fine um so i just like i'm sure some people didn't know but surely it would get around like because kids talk yeah, that. right yeah <coughs> yeah because like um and dawn came into her mother like i feel like one of the f last few nights before she ran away and she came and she had like bruises all over her leg because she was just being a dumb kid doing dumb shit and she got told off and beaten by like a random person in the cult and then she came like fully in tears and was like is this what love is like is this what you want me this is is this what you want them to do to me um and like a few days or maybe weeks after that she just took off but yeah it was it was bad but like he also like he grew up in a very like tight christian household and i'm not talking about god fearing i feel like i remember i feel like the mother started a kind of cult when he was growing up so like when he grew up he kind of like took over and actually just ran with it 
But yeah, it is. It is rough. It is. I, yeah. Um, I think there is a sh- documentary on Netflix about the children of God. It is. There is a documentary, but it's called. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's on HBO and it's called Children of God Lost and Found. Yeah. And if you Google David Berg, he looks out of his mind. He looks like he has like um to describe a picture, he looks like a old crinkled white man who has i feel like he looks like he's bent over with like a white long unkept beard with like a kind of balding head with a lot of hair if that if that paints a picture you know like how mad scientists look where they're like having they're balding but they're still like saving their hair that's what he looks like he is scary looking definitely mad scientist looking yeah he really is so google him guys um on wikipedia there is a um (laughs) his photo of him holding um a book true cormics i don't know what he's holding and he looks very happy about it oh wow that is that is a scary looking man i'm not gonna lie to you but um, that is my part of the Church of God. Not the Church of God, but the Children of God. Um, and I find it quite creepy and disgusting. And how the yeah. fuck does someone go from God-fearing to orgies and underage yeah. Do you rape? know what? I just think... And it puts a bad <coughs> name on religion as well. Especially with mm-hmm. all... And I don't want to be horrible to, like, Christianity. Because, like like my nan's catholic and whatever my mom's christian but like it's always christianity that like takes it that step too far and it's all coming out now i feel like all this shit is coming out and it's just like why like how do you think that's normal how do people think that's like "Mm, preach that that is exactly what i want Mm -hmm. Uh uh-uh Mm-mm. but anywho's some people are wilding out here hopefully like it's coming out yeah. to the light so people are kind of like more aware also, of it like have you noticed that no there's like no black people or like ethnically diverse people included in these these like religious i cults. hear i hear an episode two coming up because black people because that's some okay say it with me guys that is some Yes, yeah. thank you. I'm not saying that. I was thinking it. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, loud, but that is so. Thank you and good night. Yes. Um, yeah, crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I um, If you're happy for me to move on, um, yes, definitely. I am going to talk about something that is. Um, yeah, it's quite different. It's it's still a cult, but it's like so you know I was saying earlier that like could it be a cult or could it not be a cult? This is one of those that kind of sits on the fence. But when you actually like go into it, no, it's it's a it's a cult. So it's a it's a, cult, it's a cult, cult. But anyway, um, I am going to talk about Bikram yoga. So. Bikram yoga is, if we just strip it down to what it is, it's basically a type of yoga, which is hot yoga. So you just, you know, do yoga in a very, very hot room. So classes consisted of a fixed sequence of 26 poses practiced in a room to 41 degrees Celsius or 105 degrees Fahrenheit with a humidity of 40% intended to replicate the climate of climate of India. The room is filled with carpets and the walls are covered in mirrors. 
the instructor may adjust the student's yoga poaches. Poaches? Yoga postures. Um, But anyway, this kind of yoga became really popular in the noughties or even the 70s, actually. So it was just like, you know, like yoga in like LA or Western world. It's just a big thing. This was like Mm. the new yoga to try out. And it was basically devised by this person called Bikram Chowdhury, hence the name Bikram Yoga. But it's actually like not at all his own like postures. Like he, like Bikram Yoga was already made before he made it Bikram Yoga. He just like stole it from India and brought it over to America and the Western world and made it a big thing. Um, and also, like, Bikram yoga is still a thing that is done today. So um, you will go to, like, you could go to, like, a Bikram yoga class. Like, you could type in Bikram yoga classes right now and actually book one. Um, I don't know, like, if they have them in Norway, but you definitely 100% can in America, and I'm pretty sure you can in the UK. Um, yeah, it's, like, a real thing, like, but anyway, the reason why I say this is a cult is because, um, so, uh, this guy, when he, so Bikram Chowdhury, when he's, um, doing his cults, he will stand at the front and, um, and he will, like, so like a, I don't know how to explain. It. So like a um, like a normal yoga instructor, he will be at the front. He will be telling you what to do, but he's like really abrasive about it. He just shouts at you, and he has a mirror, and he's standing above you like on a pedestal, so he can look over all of you, and he's like telling you what to do. And um, so somebody described it as mountains high on his orange towel, Sinshan, commanding his sweating, obedient students. Bikram, the yoga guru, must think Americans, as he loves to call them, when he puts them down, are basically looking for a good dose of S&M. He says, welcome to my torture chamber, where I'm going to suck every last blood of drop from you. And then he goes, do you have a choice? And the crowd reply back, no. No, And Bikram is like, it's like an Indian marriage, no choice. So he uses cliches about India and and his one-liners, convincing Western yogis in the making that he would be their saviour if they simply surrender to him and acknowledge that they know nothing basically about yoga, whereas he knows everything. And people, people were hooked people were hooked like this became huge so its peak came to 1650 studios in 40 countries around the world um so yeah it 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 became huge um and it was because he was like very charismatic and persuasive um so According to principal Bikram teacher Emmy Cleves, he had a philosophy of making people work through pain. It was a highly and a highly entertaining in-class patter. Being happy to tell butchers, I am people, I am a butcher and I try to kill you. But don't worry, yoga is the best death. Um, and he like just like franchised it in a way that like. First of all, like loads of people would come to his class, but then eventually it would be like, okay, you can open your own classes and teach other people about this yoga, which I know is kind of normal, but obviously the way it's done, it's really intense. Um, And he would like verbally abuse them while they were doing that. Um, So on top of all this, when he realised that like, when he let like anybody teach this yoga, he realized, oh my God, people are making money out of my yoga, even though it's not his yoga. It's like yoga that's derived from India from years and years ago. 
Um, so he actually tried to copyright Bikram Yoga so it couldn't be taught or presented by anyone who he hadn't authorised, which means they like basically couldn't make any money on it. But um, I don't think it worked. Um, so like they've taken it away and now anybody can teach. Um, and then uh, he would walk around the stage shirtless in a mang fong doing pectworks. But they also seemed to see right through him. So when Bikram appeared on a TV show, he sounded like a boastful small town tourist guide peddling yogurt cures while his much, much younger wife demonstrated poses in a white swimsuit. So when Bikram was already middle-aged, his um, his wife was 20. So again, like, um, even though it sounds kind of like just the yoga class is really not because he's like making himself this godlike figure um and abusing this idea that he can get people to do whatever they want in the space of health and like improving yourself um yeah it was crazy um so like you I've got somebody who talks about um what it was like to be part of Bikram Yoga um, and it's from The Guardian and it's this guy called Chris Flanders and he said I was 22 when I moved to a different US city and needed a new yoga studio I discovered a place that believed in eastern mysticism perfect for an open-minded spiritualist and which is what I saw myself I walked in and a young woman was very excited to see me she paid attention to my every word and made me feel cared about then I met the master who informed me I was in very poor energetic health and needed to sign up straight away. The classes were quirky, would do 40 minutes of exercise to, to a mix of a new age flute music and Michael Jackson. It was far less pretentious than the yoga, yoga studios I'd visited before and I haggled a price for £79 a month. By the second class, the teacher gave me a healing massage, rubbing my chest with both hands and I started to cry. As I got better yoga, the masters told me I had potential. Within a month, my master had personally recognised that I attended a weekend retreat the organisation was hosting in the Arizona desert where 400 people were doing the same yoga. Um, the retreat was fancy. Lots of rich Californians in a huge house with a pool, gardens and many outhouses. We were well fed. I made some close friends from around the world, forging deep bonds with other members, some sexually charged. After that, I attended two more street um, retreats. At one, the leader addressed the crowd in a manner of a minister giving a sermon. There was even a special chair that only he could sit on. Before he was introduced on the opening night, the crowd was whipped into a frenzy as loud dance music played, a rock star entrance. During the third event, senior devotees tried to convince me to become a healer. That's the term for someone who teaches classes. They said, do you want to save the world? Make that happen by teaching. But then I sacrificed time and money into the group and I was too embarrassed to turn back. So I paid several thousand dollars to train, maxing out my credit cards. Healers are a step below masters who are similar to monks living in small apartments with other masters turning in most of their possessions. A close friend who joined around the time I did quit university and spent thousand dollars from her student loan to become a little master. After a few months training, I realised I wasn't seeing my friends and family as much as I used to. The organisation didn't like it if I went on a weekend away with friends. I thought about leaving, but because I already paid a year's subscription, um... I figured I might as well stay and gain this experience. As time went on, I struggled. I started reading online accounts of others who'd felt exploited by the group. I wasn't falling in line either. Once a master grabbed me by the shoulders, shouted in my face and shook me because I wasn't doing what they wanted. I needed to be obedient. The tipping point was when I was told I should leave behind my unconscious family uh, my parents as my spiritual family the organization was more important one master hadn't spoken to his parents for more than five years it was tough 
but he told me that he was saving the world and it was far more important. And I know he believed he was doing the right thing. He was fully like involved. I spent six months with the organisation. I didn't want to be convinced to stay. So when I left, I basically ghosted everyone. I still felt I owed them an explanation though. And in the end, I wrote them a postcard saying, good luck on your path, but it's not my path. The only time I saw anyone from there again was a decade later on the front page of a magazine. The article described the organisation as a cult, or outlining in its brainwashing tactics and speaking to several former members I knew. From their stories, I'm glad I got out when they did. So he actually got out pretty early. And as you can see, it's very cultish. And you think that's like bad, but it gets worse, okay? So <laughs> I know I've been talking for a while. But not only um, was Bikram Chowdhury very, like, abusive verbally, unfortunately, he was very, as most cults happen, sexually abusive. So he would um, find ways to get his students to, like, he would be like, oh, can you, like, rub my shoulders or rub my feet? And they would be like, yes, of course. Like, they owed everything to him. They made, like, their lives better. Um, but um, really, like, it would lead them to, like, rubbing closer and closer to his, like, you know, private area until like eventually they would find themselves like in like situations that I guess they weren't like expecting them to be in so like they would either like you know give them a hand job or like just like anything really and like some of these even like turn like became like um as far as rape um so he was just like a very horrible man basically he just became so like so like glorified and so big-headed with all the power he felt like he could do anything so yeah it got to this the point where he was like sexually abusing women in his like teachings and like I said he would do these like big um like groups of teaching like with 400 people whatever and because these like women or these people were so hot in these rooms and like probably barely ate and like felt really like dizzy and stuff a bit lightheaded he could almost get away with it because like they weren't thinking about what they were doing and other women were like doing it and saying oh like the master wants to see you and like at first, like, obviously you wouldn't know what it would mean. You'd think like, oh, maybe I've got to like the next stage. But actually it was like a lot more sinister. But the reason why like women would tell other women is because they don't want it on them. And then other women would be like, make sure you don't stay in a room with Bikram by yourself. But anyway, as I obviously told you, he, um, he... So after all this happened, this actually came out, like it came out that he was being sexually abusive because um, people filed a sexual harassment suit. So he was sued by um, five women in 2014 for sexual harassment and sexual assault and two of the lawsuits accused Bikram of rape in 2013. Um, this all resulted in... 2016 Bikram Chowdhury was ordered to pay a 6.8 million dollar judgment for similar charges um so it was to do with like all the assault and stuff and also he was violating immigration laws um after all this he basically ran away so he left the United States um he returned to India and began opening yoga studios. Um, and in t October 2016, his attorney stated that his client would not return to the United States to defend himself in person at the other pending court cases. Um, 
And he would be like, why would I harass women? People spend $1 million for a drop of my sperm. And they, he called his accusers trash and psychopaths. In 2017, a Los Angeles judge issued a warrant for Chowdhury's arrest on the grounds that he'd fed the country without paying the uh, $7 million that he owned. Um, also, he had luxury um, and his uh, luxury vehicles and all his items had been moved out of the state and that court order prevented him from moving any other possessions out of the warehouses in Florida and Nevada that he issued. Um Despite his departure, he's never returned to America. So he actually like physically can't be arrested. Like he has not been arrested. Um, and despite everything that's come out, like there's a Netflix documentary on it. Uh, there's like podcasts on it. Like um, Guardian's done like an article on it. The New Yorker's done an article on it. Despite all of this, he is still training he is still training this he's still teaching it and people still attend these like classes um he just does it in places where he basically won't get caught so he does it in like spain acapulco and mexico um people find it really weird that he'll still do it but um yeah he uh he still teaches so it's kind of crazy. That is absolutely <laughs> crazy. I just Googled him just because I was curious to like, how does he look? And he has a mun bun, but like half of his head is hairless. Yes, yes it is. He looks mad. He, he looks... Yeah, I feel like he tries and makes himself look like how he thinks... This is going to sound really like, like, I don't know, like cliche, but I feel like he's trying to look what he thinks that people think an Indian guru looks like. And he's trying to be this like one with nature person by literally wearing like a tiny thong um, and like you said, his hairstyle with the man bun, but the shaved back hair and he's given that like sense of style but really it's just to like cover up that he's it's an image yeah he's just horrible basically yeah that that That, that was a lot like and also if you're in Norway you can go to your Birkin yoga session if you want after this I yeah guess. so like the thing apparently the thing is even though it derived from him and like basically he's like shunned or whatever and i know he's still teaching classes it hasn't stopped people loving bikram yoga and it's still called bikram yoga he just i mean he doesn't have any like claim to it but he's never going to be forgotten because he's made this yoga and people love it at the end of the day that is very true at the end of the day he did something there's a cold everywhere okay it's from your yoga instructor to your priestess son and to your starbucks mom exactly damn oh my god that is actually a lot that is a lot of information and it just started off like oh he was screaming at people and i was like okay yeah cool like that's a little bit sketchy and i don't know and then it just the convention started sounding very, very off. And what do you mean, let go of my parents? I know. Like, say goodbye to them as if they're dead. Honey, no. I know. It's just... It's not right. It's not right. Damn. I mean... Anyway, if uh, you guys think you have been in a cult, and I mean any cult, as like I said... Are you a Starbucks culta or a football culta? I don't know. Or a real life cult? I don't know. Please DM us at Mixtalk99. Or if you're old school or like taken away and you're not allowed your phone and the only way you can get to us is emailing us, <laughs> please email us at Mixtalk99 at gmail.com. 
I am living for the good vibes right now. Yes, and remember to take care of one another, especially if you're in sketchy, doughty situations. We will speak real, real soon. Microphone left me. Bye.